Hey there, podcast listeners. This four-part series of the podcast will be taken over by the philanthropic side of Truist Leadership Institute. On our philanthropic side, we focus on giving educational leaders and students great knowledge and tools about leading at no cost to them or their schools. To our educators in the audience, we know that as you begin the spring 2021 semester, things yet again are changing and feeling different from last semester and definitely from last year. Today, we will be talking about navigating constant changes with Roz Guerreri, Manager of Educational Leadership Programs, Brittany Brown, Manager of Student Leadership Programs, and Madison Hester, former North Carolina School Principal and Student Leadership Senior Specialist. Your guest host for today is Hannah Costello, another Student Leadership Senior Specialist. They've all seen firsthand the changes, struggles, and stress that has been placed on those in the educational space. We're excited to present tools to those in education to get through the changes and also remember why they started working with students and leaders of tomorrow in the first place. But even more, we want to celebrate all the hard work and amazing achievements educators have accomplished in 2020 and give tools to start fresh in 2021. Let's get the conversation started. Roz, I want to go to you first to talk about the psychology that runs through change and the resistance to change in hopes that that will help us in the conversation about some tools to better navigate change. When we look at the the basics of the psychology of change, the thing that helps us to frame it is to look at change as having two dimensions. So there's the dimension that is the, the situational aspect of the change. And so thinking about what's been happening in higher ed and in and pre-K through 12, this was the shift to virtual learning. It was the shift of kids in the building, not in the building, but schools still needing to happen. And all of those processes that needed to change. So those are the situational or kind of structural changes. But what we forget is that the second dimension of change, and sometimes it's the one that's really it's forgotten, but it's the most important. It's the psychological aspect, the way that we internally, naturally respond to change. So it's based on the grieving process. So many of us, as we're faced with change, we do go through a process of loss, even though we're not even realizing that's what's happening. And when change is done to us, we tend to just initially want to push it away. So that's denial, right? You push it away, and it's not going to happen, and we try to hold on to that, even if it's for a few minutes or hours or days, but until we're a little bit more ready to deal with what comes next. And when we start to deal with it, that's when resistance starts to pop up. So we resist the change, Mm -hmm. we push back, and that's where the emotion comes out. And it's not a really comfortable place to be, but it's really where we go through a lot of discovery. It's where we figure out the personal aspect of the change, what we're gaining and losing, kind of come to terms with that so that we can start to to shift and move forward. That next phase is exploration, a lot of natural curiosity. You ask questions, but those questions are very productive. And you sometimes swing back and forth between resistance and exploration as you continue to try to make progress. And then we finally move up to commitment, and commitment is where the change itself becomes just the the way that you tend to do things going forward. Today's world, commitment looks a lot different. We can't get too committed to today because it's probably going to change again 
tomorrow. And so commitment is really more around this, this internal process of creating change readiness for yourself so that you can continue working through that curve as opposed to having a specific change completed and you could check it off the list and be committed and, and move on. It, it's a little different. So it's like the commitment to being committed to this change cycle. Yes, it is. It's, it's the shift of, you know, not being ready for X, Y, Z, because we can't plan for X, Y, Z very easily. It could be different next week or the following week, but really more a focus of how am I internally ready to adapt and be agile and be a little more comfortable with the ambiguity that is going to naturally occur for us. Thanks, Roz. That was a lot of great information. Now I'm going to turn to Madison to give us a picture of what this might look like in the education space. I will say from the educator side of things and talking to my friends who are in the trenches, so to speak, in the classrooms or running schools, I think a lot of my teacher friends went through that same process last spring. They had some excitement, some creativity brewing, you know, from spring to summer as far as learning from mistakes and learning from experience in such a quick, short time that they had to change. Moving into this year, you definitely see some fatigue in that and the the sense of still not having control day to day. You know, there even schools that are back open full time or part-time are having outbreaks. There's just no control over the health of our students, right? And so I think moving forward, I can see the struggle there with even accepting where they are in this change cycle and that it's going to keep changing. Thinking about what I hope comes out of this, if nothing else, is that uh, there starts to be some attention given to how do we help adults navigate the change in the situation. You know, they're doing what's best for kids. That's not a question. Their purpose is driving them. But how well are teachers processing it? That's what worries me. Definitely. And Madison, the rest of this podcast series, we're going to be talking about those tools that we can give for our teachers. Talking through that cycle a little more. I can think of a time where Brittany and I were on different pages when it came to that change curve. Brittany, do you want to talk more about that experience? Bouncing back between resistance and exploration, I'm like, that was me for a point in time. You know, you quickly jump to exploration and then, you know, things like us determining would we have an in-person July event or not? You know, I found myself quickly bouncing back to resistance. Hannah, when you brought up a good point of that may be virtual. And I said, whoa, 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 <laughs> let's not jump there just yet, right? And so I think, you know, you don't even realize you're doing it in that moment. Exactly. And because I hadn't seen the in-person program, I didn't have that resistance you know, 2020 triggered a lot of change. Madison, what was your experience like? You know, that loss of control is sometimes what leads to that negativity, that negative spiral with it. And so for me, that was definitely something that resonated. I felt like I didn't have control of anything, you know, of groceries in the grocery store, of um, what was happening day to day with work, what was happening at home with my own family. And so for me, I found simply that if I could focus in my energy on what I could control in that moment, which was for us redesigning our program to go virtually, it gave me a purpose. It gave me something to focus on, a reason to keep doing what I needed to do, right, with work. But really, 
truthfully, it was the sense of control that it gave me that, that really helped me to move past some resistance of, you know, coming home, having to change normal, right? I'm going to add to that just a little bit around this concept of control yeah. because there is so, so little, I think, that we feel we have sometimes. It is, as Madison said, really important that we do focus on the things that we can control and that we shift focus away from the things that we can't. And that's hard, too. We spend a lot of time and, and psychological energy focused on the things that we can't control and that we stress over them. And it creates more stress when we do that. And so that's an important distinction as well, focusing on what you can control, but recognizing when you're stressing and, and focusing on the things that you can't and giving yourself permission to let it go, knowing that there's there that you can't do anything about that. You sometimes you can back up to a middle ground. Can I influence it? Is there any action that I can take? And sometimes the answer to that is no as well. And then those are the things that we want to help ourselves let go of and um, and focus on what we can control and influence. Absolutely. And you've already brought in a really great tool to accept change. Taking inventory of the things we can control looks like, well, I can't change that the gym is closed and I can't change the fact that the grocery store is terrifying, but I can make this program safe for students and be just as educational as it would be in an in-person program. By diverting the focus to what we can control, we are no longer mourning that change. Tune into our next episode when we'll be talking about how to overcome our natural resistance to change. Until then, make sure to connect with us on LinkedIn and visit our website, truestleadershipinstitute.com. Our executive producer is Anna Sladen. Senior producer for this episode is Hannah Costello. Episodes were also produced by Brittany Brown, Madison Hester, Kevin Ortiz, and Roz Guerreri. Editing and engineering by Hannah Costello with a little bit of help from Anna Sladen. Leadership Amplitude is a podcast production of Truest Leadership Institute. All rights reserved.